Hello. Hello. This is the Shrieking Shack. <laughs> Hello. Uh, um, okay, I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back that up real quick. <laughs> this is this is gonna be the hardest part yep, for sure. No problem. Um. Okay. Hello. Welcome to the Shrieking Shack. Ah! I'm ZC. I'm Liz. And Liz is shrieking. <laughs> um. And I think we're a little jaded, and we have been collectively uh i'd say would you say bitching about harry potter for a while now we've, we've definitely been bitching um about this the touchstone of our generation for a long time but um, i think it's time to give it a do uh, <laughs> uh it, it's time to give harry potter the million multi-million dollar okay i'm gonna restart <laughs> this whole thing yeah. this is really <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing this one okay there we're gonna three. Go to take three um Everybody. This is the Shrieking Shack. I'm ZC. And I'm Liz. And we are lapsed Harry Potter fans walking through our once beloved series over again to see if there's still magic in those pages. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, but we're gonna keep we're rolling. We're, keep, we're keeping that one. It's good. Um, so yeah, so we are uh I'd say the uh like the prototypical Harry Potter fan. Uh, we are in our uh, our 20s. We grew up with the series as it was coming out. Uh, we sat through all of the uh, movies. And I think like many people our age, uh, we have gotten a little tired of the whole thing. Um, but it's undeniably, you know, like a big part of our kind of like pop culture history. So we're going to be uh, revisiting all the books um, chapter by chapter ish and uh, kind of seeing what, what it's like to re uh, to reread this stuff in an age where the author is saying weird stuff on Twitter all the time. Look, looking to rediscover that magic. Looking to re yes. The magic that I, that I nearly managed to say without laughing uh, <laughs> because I mean, like as, as much as uh I've complained about it and like sort of lost touch with it over the years. It's still like undeniably like, like it was a huge part of growing up uh, for me. I'm, I'm sure for you too. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, So I guess this might be a good place to bring up our, our like origin story here. Yeah. You might say that Harry Potter brought us together. It, yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we met in college and uh, you were not dressed in a Harry Potter costume at a bad Halloween party, but your roommate sure was. Oh yeah, she sure was. Um, I I was a B, and we were in the you know forty dollar prepackaged costumes from Party City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know probably cost a dollar to make, and yeah, uh, yeah my my roommate and. A great beloved friend at the time was you know 
I, I don't think they were able to say Gryffindor, but red and red and gold Hogwarts student, uh, <laughs> slutty edition. And I, you know, I, I don't know if I should say slutty. Um, well, you did, and we're keeping it. I did. So I off, did say that. Off we trot. Um, and she and I were were great friends, but I, you know. I have a great memory of going into her room and I was a college freshman and looking around, she had all the like Harry Potter movie posters on her wall. And she said, or I suppose I asked, I was like, Oh, you're a Harry Potter fan. And she's like, Oh, Oh yes. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I was like, yeah, but I sure didn't like the sixth and the seventh book, which was probably not the nicest thing to say. Um, <laughs> like off the bat. Yeah. Just, that that was my kind of takeaway, but I but I think I was still kind of brokenhearted from from the way the series ended, and I'll, I'll just never forget the look on her face, and just you know, very serious, looked me in the eye and said, "Well, it's J.K. Rowling's world; she can do whatever she wants." <laughs> Which, to be fair, completely true. Yeah, and she she did she did and, it, and boy <laughs> boy howdy does J.K. Rowling continue to. Uh, uh, dictate what goes on in her in her magical world. Uh, um, we we are not there yet. It will be a while, but one day we will get to all five hours and fifteen minutes of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Part One and Two. Oh God! <laughs> and and see how uh, how how Harry uh, adult Harry lives. Um. But yeah, no, Harry Potter, like, I, I, I'm i totally with you. The the sixth and seventh book, um, I remember, because I, I, I did the whole thing, like, going to the bookstore at midnight and oh, yeah. reading it all night and, like, finishing it in, like, you know, two days or whatever. And I think the sixth book, I really, it was, like, you kind of enjoy it in, like, a stupor, you know? Like, the first time through, I was, like... Yes. Well, I read it. Like I finished, I finished another Harry Potter book. wasn't that great, and it like wasn't until I don't know, like I'd say, like even maybe like weeks or months afterwards, where I was like kind of like picking through it because up until this point, I had been really into reading the like fan theories. Uh, I even had like books on like the fan theories. Oh yeah, that actually had some really cool stuff in them, and like everything in those was so much more interesting than what we got which isn't to say that like fans should dictate you know where stories go but it was it was more that like the things that they were able to piece together brought made the previous books more important and like books six and seven i just really remember like all the horcrux stuff all the deathly hallow stuff it's like none of this was ever mentioned or mattered in the previous five books and it just feels like all of that was for nothing. And so that's where I got really disillusioned with the series. Yeah. I'm like, up until that point, I had been like, I was the kind of, I like, I, I listened to those audiobooks like religiously. I was into the games. I was into like, <laughs> there were those Harry Potter bands that were like, uh, making stuff. It's like, I was, I was deep, deep into that stuff. And it, it was like this really weird, slow realization that like, Oh, this isn't, good isn't, <laughs> it's there a, like, isn't there a very good harry potter band are they the, the uh, harry and the potters or harry something and the potters are like a well 
well-regarded indie band. Yeah, there's I haven't listened to them in a while, but I remember really, really liking it. Yeah, that that's fantastic. I, I think that um, I had a pretty similar experience. I, I do agree with the sixth book being, uh, you know, kind of in a stupor, although I think that it took me a little while. I think I was in denial. And then maybe six months after I read it, I looked back and was like, oh, did that suck? Right. Um, for sure. And then the seventh one was it was very clear to me. I, I stayed up all night. I read it. And I just had this moment where I thought, wow, that really sucked. It was big it, time. <laughs> it's specifically the the epilogue of seven. I just remember getting to and thinking this cannot be real. Like this can't be uh, the end of this big series. And it and it's I it's the one time in my life that I've ever experienced like, you know, when like a game comes out or like a TV show ends and there are people mm-hmm. who like are so sure that there is a secret sequel coming like like sherlock fans the the sherlock the the (laughs) the the episode was fake because there's no way it can be that bad that is how i felt about the epilogue of of harry potter i'm like that's that has like haunted me in like the 10 years since like 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 that is like that cannot be how this thing that was so huge in my childhood ended I think that I'll extend it to the entire seventh book. I'm hoping that I will find the magic, something magical in that book. But I, <laughs> I think the whole thing is epilogue quality. The 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 camping descriptions are probably beautiful. Can't wait. Um, but we have a long journey uh, ahead of us to get there because we are going to be giving the entire series a reread. Woohoo! Um. And before just before we uh, dig into the first, we, we read the first four chapters of book one, which uh, philosophers or sorcerer's stone. I don't really care uh, which which one we go by. Are we going by British rules or or American? I rules I read the all American sorcerer's stone. Okay. Uh, and the further we get, the weirder the changes are going to be. Uh, but but right here, it doesn't really matter so much. The um. Uh, before we get into that, what what were you expecting? Like, what 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 were you expecting from these first four chapters? I I, I suppose two things. One, I thought I was going to be horribly bored. Um, I thought it was going to be a slog. The first four chapters are the Dursley chapters, right? Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. I was dreading it. I was like, this is just going to be the worst part. Um, the second thing that I was expecting, and this probably comes from me being our resident fan fiction expert. Oh yeah. I thought that the child abuse was going to be horrific to read again. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and part of that might be how it, how it kind of develops as the series goes on. And part of it might be that it is a fan fiction trope to write the worst, most horrible Dursley abuse right. possible, right? Yes. Like just awful. So those were my expectations overall. What about you? Yeah, I um, first of all, I had completely forgotten that the prologue was a prologue that focused on Vernon. I I um, I I think somewhere along the way, I like the movie structure had like supplanted my knowledge of the book, and I I I was expecting to be very bored uh, with the the um 
the delivering Harry as a baby scene again, which I've like just absorbed a million times in different things of pieces of media. I was expecting um like flagrant well not flagrant's the wrong word, but like like really obvious divergence from what would eventually become like the world building and lore, which kind of did come true, but not in like a bad way. Um mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't remember Hagrid being so weird. That was another Hagrid was super weird. Yeah. yeah. We'll we can get it we'll we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I was I was <laughs> expecting um a shorter I, I was expecting basically I think what w- what this amounts to is I was expecting a much shorter uh opening. I did not remember how um detailed and long the Dursley section was. Uh yeah, I this chapters one through four, um the Dursley chapters that I mean we're not at Hogwarts um, yeah. and it looks like we're almost a quarter of the way through the book. Yep. Yeah, so I'm I'm I am now very curious to see what the rest of the book is like if it is much faster or if it's just a I mean I guess it probably is just like a smaller scale story than I remember. Yeah, and I I guess I'll say that we talked about our expectations. Um I I really enjoyed it. Totally. I think it's really well served by this kind of small scale story that it tells. Um, so I guess with that, we can just jump right into chapter one. Absolutely. Um, which is The Boy Who Lived. And like you said, um, this one is divided into kind of two parts. And the first part is uh, Vernon Dursley's day to day life. Um, <laughs> and it takes place on the day that Voldemort dies Mm -hmm. um and he's kind of going around and i was struck by just how funny it is it's super funny is so funny it is i i think we mentioned when we were like discussing this stuff as we were reading it it is really kind of rolled doll ish yes it has such a weird kind of dark but like very surreal quality to it that i completely forgot like i i just did not when i think of the right like what harry potter sounds like as a piece of writing i did not like this style did not come to mind at all no not at all um i think there's even some like second person language although i don't have it handy i feel like there's at least one point where it refers to it as a story or uses or says our story or something to that effect yeah it's very it's super um uh like whimsical i guess is like like it, it just has a it, it feels much more like a children's book than i remember it which is i mean obviously i read this for the first time when i was like 10 11 or whatever um mm-hmm. and like maybe just then you know the language just felt completely natural but now reading it again it feels uh really really storybooky in a in a way that yeah. I don't think the story continues to feel like like it like it has that sort of like apocryphal like um, fairy tale feel to it that just you know eventually things get more detailed like the politics of the world become more important uh, the characters get mm-hmm. more defined and like are less uh, um, representational I guess I don't know it, 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 I I was really struck by what it sounded like and it, it's really cool like I I definitely enjoyed this Vernon segment yeah I I thought it was very charming um I think that uh 
the editing just seems really tight, probably more so in this chapter than it's ever going to be, or at least this first book. Yeah. Uh, it's it moves along really fast. Again, I, I thought I was going to be really bored, and I I went through this this uh, chapter pretty quickly. Um, I think that this chapter, I don't. It's it's difficult to. Uh, look at this in the context of the rest of the series because it seems to set up a very storybook um, kind of wizards versus muggles, but as stand-ins for, like, I guess, is, there's a, childhood versus adults. Yes, totally. Kind it's of. a the, like, inner child... And like sense of wonder versus the like day to day drudgery thing, which it's like very clear here. Like he runs a drill company, and like he is annoyed by wizards in like purple robes. Like it's very, like the imagery is really on the nose, but like in a good way. Like it's very, um, it's like it's like such a stark difference, and it's really funny. Like it's very like just the stuff about how he had like a perfectly normal owl-free day, stuff like <laughs> that is just like really really charming. Yeah, and like the long description of the newscast is oh, the great. newscast is I highlighted that whole thing. That is like my favorite part of the whole like everything we read. It's just so. <laughs> it's so surreal the and finally bird watchers everywhere have reported that the nation's owls have been behaving very unusually today like you just imagine turning into the news and like there's like okay and now we're checking in with the bird watchers like this is what the news is like it's just really charm i don't know charming wholesome kind of weird and kooky like in just like a way that it's i don't think it's going to stay like i this. Like, i do not think so either um and I think so, so that so that's kind of the first part of the first chapter, and then the second part is um, basically our introduction to wizards. We meet McGonagall and Dumbledore, Hagrid mm-hmm. and Baby Harry. Yes. Um. I will. I let's see. I think the funniest description that I just would like to point out is that Hagrid is very large. Like I again have like the movie version in my head, and in the book, yeah. his feet are the size of baby dolphins. Yeah, that is that, the descriptor. That, that is a really bizarre and really great uh, description. And yeah, like I think a lot of this, honestly, a lot like just period. This this whole reread is going to be un like decoupling the movies from my brain. Yeah, because. I, we, we will get to the movies, but like, I, I don't think they serve the imagery of the books well. Um, and there's stuff in here, like the conversation that McGonagall and Dumbledore have where he's like sitting in the middle of the street and they're like, he's like eating candy and they're talking about like this really big wizard war that just <laughs> happened is like so great. And like, not, I, I just don't like my, my picture of this scene from before i read it uh, or reread it rather is just from the movie where it's like all dark and mysterious and like the music's playing and and you know there's stuff of like ill portent happening but like here it's just like here's this weird guy like this lady was a cat a second ago and they're like talking about stuff and he's eating some like shitty candy like it's just like that's so much more 
there's a lot more personality here or like surprising personality here. Yeah. I mean, I think that this, I mean, the structure of the, of the first chapter, I think it's really like, you know, the first part is the muggles and the second part is the wizards, which I think I'm going to keep coming back to as Mm -hmm. being very weird in the context of the rest of the books. Um, Because like you said, that part has a lot of personality, but I think it's like the wizards have personality with each other while you know, the Dursleys don't. Um, there, right. There's that part where um, Vernon is worried. He he sees, you know, or he doesn't see the owls, but he sees the people in robes and he kind of hesitantly talks to Petunia about it. Do you, like, do you think it's their kind? And she doesn't want to talk about it. And she kind of shuts him down. Is like, don't you, don't you talk to me about that. Um, they're mm-hmm. very like prim and proper and conservative. Um, and then we see Dumbledore and McGonagall talking and McGonagall is like snapping at Dumbledore and like being really like frustrated with him. And he is just yeah. uh, kind of very whimsical and um, he's like off on his yeah. own planet. Like, yeah. He's like more preoccupied with his candy than like the, like what the, <laughs> the gravity of what's happening. Like it's really, it's good. It's a really good, uh, like pair pair of scenes. Yes. Like like, um, there is there is a real merit to how simple the story is at this point, uh, and just like it's able to do those very um, like obvious like co- you know contrasting scenes mm-hmm. like that. Um, the other thing is just that yeah, you know, you're mentioning the Muggles versus Wizards thing. I we talked about this a little bit, but do you think muggle always was just meant to be like a just straight, like non magic user thing? There's so much kind of like muggle just seems like shorthand. It sounds like Tory or something, you know, like, because like they, they keep referring to, to the Dursleys as real as like the biggest muggles or, you know, the most muggle. Yeah. And that's, and like that's not really how it gets used later on it just becomes shorthand for anyone who doesn't use magic but it has there's a there's a especially between the um the dursley and mcgonagall and dumbledore scene there's a real uh sense that it is more a almost like a class story you know what mm-hmm. i mean like definitely like like vernon dursley is concerned about wizards but like the descriptions of wizards are you know they're uh they're outgoing and they're open-minded and they dress differently than like you know than him and it just feels like um and he, it's less it, it yeah or sorry you, you were yeah saying? Uh, he he explicitly refers to them as hooligans right yes totally it, it, there's a um there's a real like class consciousness thing going on here I and mean, like, you know he's a I, another thing I'd completely forgotten was that the that the movies had like sort of um, implanted on me was like the in the movies the Dursleys are very kind of like upper middle class uh-huh. but like in this he is like the Dursleys are loaded oh like, yeah the like he is the CEO of a drill firm or whatever uh, it mentions that he has like a four bedroom house um we'll get to Dursley we'll get to Dudley's presence in a bit but like they are they are rich like they are rich rich yes they are Um, upper class for sure uh and and there so I think that helps color this stuff um in a bit more where where the the his his view of the wizarding uh world is is 
he's very much like looking you know down his nose at them for being like i don't know like like there's i don't think there's like a specific uh analogy being made but it's a it's sort of a broad like um like class snobbery thing that Mm -hmm. it doesn't really uh i don't remember ever really paying off in later books yeah i i don't think it does and and i think that that that's kind of where this context is so weird and that the muggles and wizards take on a totally different kind of role than they were set up to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same, like you said, with muggle, it's almost used as, as being uh, kind of a descriptor, not a noun. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like saying that they are big muggles. Like, it just oh, those, like, those people are very muggle. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, I suppose we can move on to chapter two, because I am actually very excited to get to Dudley's presence. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Uh, this is the vanishing glass. And I think this is our most um, Roald Dahl chapter. This, Absolutely. This is the kind of, uh, you know, Harry Potter and the giant peach, in that <laughs> the, the, you know, adoptive parents are evil <laughs> and, and yeah, horrible. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that part's maybe not as good, <laughs> but the tone of this is so good. I love all this stuff. I agree, and I I think that it works really well. And I I I guess it's tough because it's it's child abuse, right? Like like yeah. there's no getting around that. Um, and it it tempers that with it being very slapstick throughout. And, Super and Harry is not cowed by any of it at all. He's got no, one-liners. He's, he's plucky. He's like Harry eye-rolling so at all of it. so funny. He's very funny. It Yeah, it's so... I, I did not remember Harry being, like, this active in dialogue, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think it it is in this chapter... Um, you know, where they're trying to figure out how not to bring him to the zoo and they're talking and Vernon and Petunia are talking. And I, and I, I don't know if it's Vernon or Petunia that says like, Oh, he'll blow up the house if we leave him alone. And he kind of pipes up and says, I won't blow up the house. Yeah. It's yeah, very man. funny. There, it's uh, all that stuff is super funny. The relationship between uh, Vernon and Dudley is really funny. Um, like, everyone sucks here but it's in a really i don't it's it's way funnier than i remember way way funnier and and way more um like because yeah like you were mentioning like the the image of harry potter as being like the you know the abused stepchild under you know under the stairs like yes that is what the story is but it i did not remember it being this cartoony uh, and I think that serves it really well, um, both in that it makes it a little easier to stomach. Because I was a little worried, I was like, is this is this going to be like that? Is it going to kind of be uncomfortable to read? And also, it lets the um, the characters be that much more representational of what I was talking about before with the the sort of like class divide between between them. You know, like like Harry mm-hmm. being the weird poor kid that is living with the absurdly rich uh like cartoon drill baron is like just such a weird and <laughs> fun uh like surprisingly fun like premise 
Yeah. And I, I can't say that it's not, you know, capital P problematic. Um, but this is just very, it's easy to read this as being just a very familiar kind of storytelling fairy tale setup. And Harry's fine. That 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 is the kind that, of yes, the feeling that you get is it's like this this stuff is happening to him, but he's fine. Yeah, which is like a really weird thing to say, but like it's totally true. Like he he doesn't seem all that perturbed by any any of this. He's just sort of like okay, like if this is how it's got to be, this is how it's got to be. Um, yeah. And it also like retroactively, I was thinking about this like reading the first chapter, like this sort of like redeems Dumbledore a little bit because I, I was honestly thinking I was on McGonagall's side during that whole opening uh, discussion. I was like, why, why can't he just go live with like a, a nice wizard <laughs> or something? Like, why has he got to live with like these people who put him under the stairs for 10 years? Like it's, uh, it, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. You know, he's, he's good. He'll be he's, fine. It builds character. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so like that was really fun. Um, that was a nice surprise, I would say. Like, pretty much all of these chapters are, are were kind of a nice surprise, but this one in particular, I was like, not sure what I was going to get. Yeah. Um, and speaking of surprises, yes, I've been looking forward to this <laughs> yes. since I read it, and it is Dudley receiving thirty-seven gifts on his birthday, plus two while they're out at the zoo. Plus two. Um, I'll go down the list of what he's described as getting. And this is on June 23rd of 1991. Yes. He receives a racing bike, a video camera, a remote control airplane, 16 computer games, a VCR, and a gold wristwatch. Even a VCR in 1991 would be, like, huge. That is so expensive. Yeah, like the, the I, I really think the movies did a bad job portraying this because like the Dursleys have got to be just completely loaded. Like this is absurd and like hilarious, like how much he's getting here. 16 computer games. And I'm just going to assume that's video games. I'm so, just going to yeah, put so that in there. I've I've been doing some research. Um, there's Perfect. there's two there's two things I, I've done some research on here. So I think jk rowling meant video like just like console games because here here is my argument uh later in chapter three i think it is when they're go when they're going on their like road trip away from the letters Mm -hmm. um it's mentioned that uh, dudley was trying to bring his tv his vcr and his computer quote unquote Mm. um and here's the thing that could be true if he was using an older computer like if he was using like a commodore or something um those you would often hook those up to tvs Mm -hmm. uh but he got a new computer according to this and new computers in 1991 i think at that point they would be they would have their own monitors and it's a gaming computer and it's a gaming computer and so so the unless he got the amiga 3000 which would have been new in 1991 and i don't think that would have had 16 games on it i think it was console so it was in the uk i'm gonna bet it was the sega genesis um in which case he would have gotten uh uh he definitely would have gotten sonic the hedgehog like right like the first sonic the hedgehog uh i'm just gonna well 
I looked it up, and I didn't look at when Sonic the Hedgehog would have come out in the UK, but the release date that's listed on Wikipedia is his birthday, June 23rd of oh, 1991. Oh, no way. Okay, you've yes, out-researched I, me here. Okay, that is- That a- was the only thing I looked up, and I couldn't, because I was like, when, because I was like, when is Dudley's birthday? June 23rd. And it's in June. And it is the release day of Sonic the Hedgehog on the Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, so, so I take back all that I said about J.K. Rowling. Uh, she's a mastermind. This Master is the this is the forty chess this expl- of Harry Potter. Okay, so now for every, for this entire reread, I am going to be thinking about uh, Dudley Dursley in the context of him being a Sonic fan in the nineties. That's Hell yeah. so good that I I love Dudley Dursley now. Um, oh yeah, but yeah. So like if we're if we're um, if we're looking at sixteen games, uh, he he was. Hang on, my list is uh, is having a having a problem here. Um, I have no hard evidence, but I I really think like computer game in England is like the equivalent of like when your parents say nintendo you know like to mean everything um yeah yeah go play your nintendo yeah, exactly so and like as we will find out in a later book he gets a playstation so i think i think jk might do her own research after that yeah yeah I, i'm not sure i feel like i've read that that's incorrect though I, I, yeah although maybe he had it imported i I think that's our that has to be our headcanon you know, is that vernon gets imported Vernon gets important like maybe Dudley Dursley you know he's he's a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan he's probably reading Game Fan magazine or you know one of these other ones so he might be able he might know that you can get you know you can get imports if you uh, send away from them in 1991 Uh, at no point unfortunately does it say anything about him getting uh, subtitled VHS tapes of Dragon Ball Z but I'm Hmm. that's you are our fan uh, fan fiction expert here Uh, do you think that that would fit his character uh, yeah, I think based on, you know, him having a VCR, uh, what else could he be watching? Right, right. That's true. Well, we can get we'll get to that a little later when uh, Harry moves into the room with a broken TV, because I have a, a, a pretty <laughs> solid theory on what show caused Dudley to smash his TV. Well, excellent. So let's move on, because I'm excited for yes. that. Um, oh, I guess our last thing. We didn't talk much about the zoo. It's it's pretty much exactly what i remembered but i will say that the snake says brazil here i come thanks amigo the, the snake says thanks amigo and he also nips at vernon's heel uh which, oh, which i yeah. don't think boa constrictors do but it is is very is a very cute image it is um so our next chapter is chapter three the letters from no one um this has both i think the funniest like physical comedy kind of scene in it um and also probably the most unnerving abuse part yes. in it um this is the chapter where all the letters come uh addressed to harry and and vernon starts his descent into madness i suppose mm-hmm. um and i will start by saying that at the end of chapter two Harry was banished to his cupboard um, for letting the snake out. And this chapter starts by by uh, this. <laughs> Sorry, I just. <laughs> That's really good phrasing. What? <laughs> You've been banished to the cupboard for letting the snake out. Banished to the cupboard for letting the snake out. 
not yeah <laughs> moving on and and it's it's framed in this way because this is him coming out of his cupboard by the time he was allowed out of his cupboard again the summer holidays had started and dudley had already broken his new video camera crashed his remote control airplane and first time out on his racing bike knocked down old mrs fig on her crutches <laughs> Um, and this is, I think, a brilliant line because it's pretty horrible to trap your nephew in a, a, you know, covered under the stairs for however many weeks this is, but it reframes it as Dudley's slapstick yeah, adventures. Yeah, it's, it's really, I, I think that might be like, like up there with the, uh, with the newscast about the, the owls is just like, this is a really funny paragraph. Like, it, it you get a lot from a little here. Um, you get and this like, very comical image of Dudley, you know, knocking Mrs. Fig off her crutches. In my head, I just see her like flying into the air. Just, it's very cartoony to me. Now, now, how many books is it until we find out that Mrs. Fig was like a secret spy? Oh God, um, is that this book? Is it is, is it in the first book or is no, that like it's a, like a reveal way later? I feel like it's the fifth book because yeah, I, I I could be totally wrong, but I feel like the reason that it's revealed is because she's part of the Order of the Phoenix. Oh fuck! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we'll get to that. Um, so so yeah, I think this is like the most kind of slapstick chapter. Um, and I'd like to read this other part, which I think is the funniest passage in all four of these chapters. Mm-hmm. And it is after Dudley gets his smelting stick, and a letter arrives, and Dudley and Harry and Vernon all run to try to stop Harry from getting the letter. And it goes mm-hmm. like this. With a strangled cry, Uncle Vernon leapt from his seat and ran down the hall, Harry right behind him. Uncle Vernon had to wrestle Dudley to the ground to get the letter from him, which was made difficult by the fact that Harry had grabbed Uncle Vernon around the neck from behind. <laughs> After a minute of confused fighting, in which everyone got hit a lot by the smelting stick, Uncle <laughs> Vernon straightened up, gasping for breath, with Harry's letter clutched in his hand. <laughs> it's really good it's, it's so it, good it's the the imagery in this in like the dursley household is just really very 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 funny um i also really liked just a couple pages before that the uh um uh the, the part about the uniforms that they were wearing for the schools that they were going to be going oh, to. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause d- so like d- there's this great part where Dudley is walking around. First of all, this is another thing where this is uh, way more cartoony than the, um, than the, than the films get, which is the, even in 1991, this school that he would, that, that Dudley would have been going to is really, really old fashioned. Like the, this comical, <laughs> like conservative, private school thing that he's going to where he has to wear a like a like a, a boatman's hat and like has the stick but then the part where uh petunia is dying uh uh harry's or dudley's old uniform for harry's school like his public school with the oh uh, yeah he's dying at gray or she she's, is she's, she's dying at gray and there's just this this is i think harry's best zinger in all of these chapters which is the uh, what's this? He asked Petunia. Her lips tightened as they always did if he dared to ask a question. Your new school uniform, she said. Harry looked in the bowl again. Oh, he said. I didn't realize it had to be so wet. <laughs> that, yeah, that's so good. And that's a, that's a Harry is fine line. <laughs> well, yeah, Harry is fine. He's, the kid's all right. He's doing good. 
uh, like without that stuff, it would be way just harrowing to read, I guess. But it it, it works in a in it, a. It does. It works very well. Um, with that said, I will say that I think that this one had had, like I said, kind of the most disturbing part, which is when Vernon sees that the letters are addressed to his uh, room in the cupboard. He's guilty about it. Oh yeah. I that's, feel like that the, breaks it a little bit. It's the grounding moment where it, you sort of get the like, oh, this is real. Like, yeah, and it's like Vernon is doing something wrong, and he knows it. Yeah, um, but it is a great. It is also a really great. Uh, it, it is. It is a great uh, moment when you realize that Harry has been living under the stairs not because he needs to, because the spare room is just for all of Dudley's crap. <laughs> Like, yeah, like it's really sad, but it's like I'd completely forgotten that, and it's uh, it is very, very funny. The description of like all of the broken stuff in this room that, that like Dudley claims he needs just for like his overflow, I guess. Oh, yeah, his like broken TV and his well, so, uh, toy uh, so, tank. so yes, that's the one I really want. Before I get into the TV, uh, I really want to discuss the small working tank Dudley had once driven over the next door neighbor's dog with. I don't know what that could be. I, like, in my head, I'm thinking, like, you, do you remember those, like, um, like, toy SUVs that were really popular that you could like sit in as a like kids some kids oh would yeah have, those are really they're, like, weird they're super weird but like I, like maybe one of those but that also seems like I don't know if that's a like even for a rich family I don't know if that's a toy that like existed in the 90s um, yeah I have no clue it could be like a remote control tank but that must be a really small dog if so the the funny part to me is that when I read Working Tank, I I, I picture the gun working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what part? Like, I I assume that what what it means by working is the part that it can drive. But like, yeah, if if a tank can't shoot, is it really a tank? Like, then it's just a big car. Exactly. Big, that's that's an armored car. <laughs> it's a big car. Um, I'm but, definitely picturing the tanks from Mario Odyssey. Oh oh, there you go. Oh my God. <laughs> an updated an updated version of harry potter where uh dudley gets a drone i think is the is like the the analog here. oh yeah D- dudley modern day i'm sh- i'm sure that he uh is like a drone hobbyist now <laughs> he doesn't he, dudley, <laughs> does, dudley doesn't show up in in that beautiful epilogue so we'll never we'll never know he's, unless he's, in he's off uh, with his drone hobby yeah He's uh he's that guy who's the fucking Casey he's Casey Neistat. Uh that's him now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um but here is here is the the part that I did uh, a lot of very important research on. In the corner was Dudley's first ever television set where which he'd put his foot through when his favorite television program had been canceled. So hmm. here we go. I have a list of possible things that got canceled before uh he got his new tv excellent uh grim tales which was like a a fairy tales tv show which like seems like maybe something he uh he would be into wasn't wait (laughs) wasn't there a grim netflix show or like nbc show recently 
Oh, not that, that not, of not that grim. Oh, you, <laughs> you mean the one that was filmed in Portland? I, don't, I hope it's that grim. Yeah, he. <laughs> Dudley's <laughs> so pissed that Grim got canceled. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um. God, I have a okay. Have different a, Grim. Different Grim. If only it had been that grim. Did I, did I ever tell you this is you know what this is this is good podcast content. Did I ever tell you about when I got my citizenship uh, and I was in the big room where we swore in and there was an actor from Grim who was also getting his citizenship because he's from Canada or whatever and he like stood up and gave an impression. It was so weird. He like like he went over and like talked to like the like woman who was in charge of everything and like she would kind of like wave like like nodded to him like she clearly didn't care and he like gave like this impromptu <laughs> speech about how proud he was of everyone and how much he loves uh being in america and it's like he's just like this canadian guy getting citizenship uh that's so inspiring and, but he was like you might he might recognize me from the tv show grim and no one did uh <laughs> 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 i'd like i sure as hell didn't recognize him it was very weird I feel like um, his time on Grimm uh, really qualified him to give a motivational speech. <laughs> An impromptu speech. motivational speech that no one asked for. It was very, uh, very, very weird. Anyway, um, so the first one is Grimm. The second one is called The Wingen Palm. That's W-I-N-J-I-N-P-O-M, which was a television puppet series about a talking British caravan renowned for his moaning and five Australians who live and travel inside him. What? <laughs> uh, I don't... The traveler, what? Uh, the travelers, who include Adelaide, Sydney, Bruce, Fraser, and Darwin, respectively a wallaby, an ostrich, a spider, a fruit bat, and a wombat. That ride around in a... A living caravan? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it was canceled right before Dudley's birthday. Um, it only had... It's gotta be that. Uh, I, I think that's a strong candidate. There's only six episodes. So, oh. so like... Yeah, he got really excited got, for this new yeah, show. So like, <laughs> it got canceled. Yeah. So I think that's a really strong candidate. Then there is uh, Tricky Business, which I don't think is as likely... But it is kind of an interesting one that I could see uh, uh, him him watching uh, British show. Sorry, I'm just going to pull up the description here so I can. Um, so it was a British yeah. it was a British children's sitcom which ran for three series from 1989 to 1991. It was canceled or or ended rather uh, right before June. Um. And it had a uh, the ma the main reason I think this is one that he he was maybe into uh, was that it starred Anthony Davis, Sally Ann Marsh, and also a puppet rabbit called Crabtree. Uh. So there's a rabbit puppet, uh, and it it only got 27 episodes. That's two series. So and it was on CBBC, which was like the kids thing. So I think that's a possibility, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm still kind of holding out for the wind and palm here i think yeah i'm really attached to that one um the other one is chancer which uh uh i think is a <laughs> here's the thing chancer is not a kid's show uh it was a it was a television it was like a like a police procedural like serial type thing uh 
but it's about like this con man guy who lived in the 80s and was like had all these different disguises and would like hoodwink people and like i could see him being into that and like maybe it's something that he he like let his parent or made his parents let him watch um yeah i feel like i feel like deadly um probably can do whatever he wants like i think petunia probably puts up a little bit of a token fight but Dudley is a kid that gets to play Halo. Absolutely. For totally, sure. 100%. Like, I, I don't know it. Because Vernon's very, like, hyper-masculine. So he's like, oh, he can handle it. Yeah. And he probably has, like, Mortal Kombat on his Genesis, right? Like, like at Definitely. some point. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think I'm going to go with the Whinge and Palm here. I think that is I think that is the show that made Dudley put his foot through his TV. Um, but... Uh, I, I think that of those things... That's the show that would make me put my foot through. If, TV. if you were told you could no longer watch the adventures of an ostrich, a wombat, a spider, a wallaby, and a fucking whatever in a in a moaning yeah. uh, caravan, can I can I watch this on YouTube? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna no, have to okay, look we're this up afterward because we're that canceling sounds this great. podcast and we are going to do the Winge and Palm re uh, rewatch podcast. That's gonna be our yeah our podcast with that's our podcast. that's our Patreon exclusive. Uh, exactly. So look out <laughs> for that. Um, okay. So I I think that that pretty much takes us through chapter three. Yeah. Um, I guess near the end, you know, because Vernon Vernon's going crazy. He's boarding up the mail slot, um, and and I think at this point they they leave yeah. um, to to go on this this journey to uh the island where we meet hagrid so that that, so that brings us to chapter four which is the keeper of the keys and this one let's talk about how weird hagrid is please talk because i maybe again this is just another thing where like the movie version had like crept up and like replaced my book memories i did not remember hagrid being such a weird like of mice and men type like stereotype of like a man like a slow brain guy it's really uncomfortable in places it really is and they do the the lenny speech thing yeah um, which when he talks it's like and it's like kind of like a meant to be like a thick like scottish accent or something maybe but like it's kind of it's too much it's yeah I I don't know. I I feel like I could read something and read it as a heavy Scottish accent, and that is not how I read this. Um, it, yeah. I I think I I guess I think that this is a this is going to be a J.K. Rowling problem that I think is going to going to come up later, and I can't really say because I don't know what's in her head. But this seems like the the Gringotts Goblins problem. Yes. Um, this is her using tropes and not knowing where they come from. Yeah, that's that's or the thinking vibe about I get them for sure. He, uh, he feels like a character yeah. who who has like some kind of like mental issue. Uh, and like because like especially the way that like dumbledore and uh mcgonagall treat him uh in in that first chapter like like it's like a weird liability uh and like they're unsure if he can like take care of the child or like drive a motorcycle it's like ah this is really like 
are, is he just kind of dumb? Are they just kind of worried because he's dumb or is it more? And it really feels like more with like the speech stuff and like the, like the kind of slapstick element to him. I don't know. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. So in this chapter, he crushes a cake. Yeah. He accidentally. Sits, he sits on the that cake. He has. And that kind of reminded me of the first chapter where McGonagall is really worried about Hagrid transporting baby Harry. <laughs> yeah. On a, fl- on a flying motorcycle. Yeah. And Dumbledore kind of waves it off. Like, it's fine. And Dumbledore... <laughs> Also sends like a note, or no, I guess Hagrid sends a note to Dumbledore, but it kind of uh, creates this like weird suggestion of a paternal relationship. Yeah, totally. Well, especially the way that he flips out on Vernon for insulting Dumbledore too feels yeah. very much like a like a like a very weird like paternal loyalty thing. It's just I did not remember this aspect of Hagrid's character at all. No, it's it's it caught me off guard. Definitely, I I can't I can't remember the other character in of Mice and Men's name. I know Lenny is, I mean Hagrid is Lenny, but I I don't know Dumbledore is the other one. I was about What's to say Carl, name? but that's the Simpsons. <laughs> Lenny and Carl from yeah. Uh, no, I, I I don't remember either. But it 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 just it feels it, it feels so much just like the like the big man child uh, trope from like a bunch of other novels and stuff and it just really sticks out here like yeah it, it really rubs me the wrong way for sure harry as an 11 year old seems more and like maybe this is just a, a side effect of like harry sort of being like the comic relief for his own story here but like harry being more like like sharper as a character as like an 11 year old than this grown-ass man who's like sent to protect him is just <laughs> it's super duper weird I will say that I did laugh at um, the part where Hagrid says he can't spell Voldemort. Yeah, yeah but also that's super, <laughs> like because like Hagrid is completely illiterate too, right? That's another thing. Uh, Isn't doesn't that come up later? Well, we we know he writes a note. Oh, that's true. Yeah, in this chapter, um, I don't know. Um, but but I did I did kind of laugh at that. Uh, I will say that I didn't expect that scene of Hagrid telling Harry the story of Voldemort because I have remembered the movie version where he tells him in Diagon Alley. Right. Uh, well, uh, there's a lot more happens on, in the Island Shack, which, by the way, I love the Dursley Road Trip. Um, oh, it's so good. We're, we're rewinding a bit here, but them them going to like the shitty motel and then the like the parking lot uh, and then like vernon being super stoked that this guy is gonna let him stay in their fishing shack or whatever and it's just like this little tiny hut on a rock all of that stuff i thought was great like oh and dudley says to petunia at some point he says like daddy's gone mad hasn't he yeah like all of that stuff is so good um he gets a gun yeah he he, yeah he goes and buys a rifle like (laughs) like all of this is um completely unhinged and like really really great uh yeah and it's still it it still succeeds in not seeming very sinister yeah i mean like like what's happening would be very very scary if the tone wasn't 
the way it is, you know, but like, yeah. And again, it, it all, it comes back to deadly a lot of the time to rely on that kind of light tone. I think it's, it's referred to, and this is back in, in chapter three again, where uh, deadly is upset about not getting to watch the great Humberto on TV. Right. Which, yeah. You hate these characters just enough and Harry is unbothered just enough for it to work. Like, yeah, like it, it, like you enjoy seeing Dudley and Vernon suffer for being the assholes they are, but also Harry is like Harry, you know, Harry is being abused. He is being, um, you know, unwillingly taken away from his home and stuff. But like he like this just seems like whatever to him, like, like he's still very um he's fine like like as we've said oh yeah he's he's, fine he's He's doing good and it's just it 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 works really well but yeah the i i really like all that stuff but then also the stuff a lot more happens in that shack than i remembered like like the um the entire for some reason i had forgotten that uh petunia knew so much i yeah i think that there's I, i think there's some other reveal later in the book series that she knows something else uh big and maybe that's what i was thinking about but i was like oh i didn't i forgot that they like they know like they don't have like a vague uh understanding they they like actually know like he is a wizard and like who dumbledore is and etc etc like which was surprising to me i was not expecting that yeah i feel like there's a big reveal later on where petunia knows about a character that she shouldn't or or something it's been a really long time and i think that would be like the sixth or the seventh book yeah but she knows a lot and it's um and and so does vernon kind of weirdly um it seems like the way they're treating harry is a deliberate kind of trying to stop him from being magical yeah yeah and and um this is more of like the this section in general but i do want to talk a little bit about how uh the the, how great some of the imagery is in these chapters and also how completely against the eventual canon it goes like harry apparates at one point right like he gets up on the roof of his school or whatever oh yeah he does uh he grows his hair like all the like all the stuff is super great but it's all it it's it's almost a bummer that you're like oh but like later on we'll find out that that can't have happened that way because of how rigid all of this magic stuff is going to become um yeah i think there is some level of it trying to be explained away as uh i think that it has an official term which is accidental magic yeah because they get into that like two or three right like like, yeah, because they talk about Neville. That's right. And how he wasn't manifesting his like accidental. That's right. That's magic. Right. But yeah, there's uh, and there's stuff like or, or just like and I guess it's because they're like celebrating the like death of Voldemort or whatever. But like all the wizards being out and about in the, in the street and like riding. There, there's a line about like a, a witch riding the bus or whatever, which is really because it's like in in the next book we're gonna find out that cars are like a very magical mysterious thing to wizards which is really weird yeah and they have their own bus their own magic bus oh that's right the night bus that's right yeah yeah so i don't know what that that wizard was doing yeah anyway the 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 hagrid stuff 
is definitely i would say the low point of of this reread so far yeah i agree i was really not ready for for how weird that stuff was like the the way all his dialogue is written like phonetically is so weird like you can you can suggest an accent without going that hard you know yes and it it kind of it, it paints a very different picture than i think movie hagrid or even the hagrid that i just kind of remember and i do wonder if he changes as the series goes on yeah although now that i think about it when i think about like his um teaching a class in when they're oh second year like all of that stuff is going to take on a weird tone if it continues like this yeah that's right i forgot about that but okay we will we we will we have the haggard watch that's on our list of things to to keep an eye on as we reread yeah we are on haggard watch we're on Mm -hmm. haggard watch how problematic is haggard we know the the we're 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 pages away from the uh from the gringotts goblins which we'll have a lot (laughs) to say about next week probably oh for sure um i i I, yeah i don't really have much more to say about this chapter other than hagrid being very kind of uncomfortable hagrid is the low point but i think overall i enjoyed this way more than i thought i was going to me too i i found it it was really enjoyable it's fun it's fun it's whimsical i laughed more than i i did not remember the books being funny at all honestly like uh harry has so many good jokes and like observations the uh the kind of uh like dark storybook tone of all the dursley stuff is really charming Mm -hmm. and a lot of fun and um i yeah i don't know i i i couldn't tell you exactly 100 percent what i was expecting but it wasn't this and i liked it yeah, I I pretty much totally agree with that. Um, I I think as a kid when I was reading the books, I was very bored by the Dursleys, so I was I was really dreading this, but it was it was really enjoyable. Because when you're a kid, it's like I want to get to the magic, but now we're adults and our lives are boring and meaningless and full of annoying uh, rich conservatives, and so seeing them get taken down a peg in a book feels really good it's funny it does (laughs) yeah um i i think that we'll definitely come back to them being rich conservatives and also muggle used interchangeably for being that and how that changes because it really i don't know how this is going to work in retrospect with the rest of the series Uh, and there's there's stuff even in this like harry is going to inherit a huge fortune and become a rich kid in like a chapter or so it's going to be very weird. There's, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of weird stuff that I'm now. I'm looking at how how short this book is relatively, and how much stuff I remember being in it, and I'm kind of like, how how does all this fit here? So that'll be really interesting to see. Shall we take a break and then come back with a little bit of uh, broader Harry Potter news? Yes, let's do that. That sounds great. Absolutely.
So we are back from our break and moving on to our next uh, and maybe greatest segment, which is where you bring me the latest and greatest Harry Potter news. Since That's we right. are not the only people talking about Harry Potter in 2018. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, uh, Harry Potter ended years and years ago, um, but it's uh, it's grim corpse shambles onward. Um, <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, there's a new Harry Potter video game coming to the phone. Are you excited for Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery, which is maybe the best title for a video game I've ever heard? I can't wait. That sounds excellent. So we watched the trailer for this a while ago, and I think it, I think like if you have an Android, if, like if you have a, a non Apple phone, I think this was available for a while. Oh. Uh, um, and as far as I can tell, what you do in it is it's like a kind of a weird visual novel thing, but also sometimes you draw a shape on the screen um, to do a spell. Oh, yeah this is Obviously. not the this is so to be clear this is not the really big harry potter mobile game that's coming out soon which is like the i want to say that the same it's either the same people or like a company doing a very similar thing to like the pokemon go thing oh like, boy there's one of those coming for harry potter which when that happens we might have to dedicate a whole episode to because like the amount of news coming out like remember when pokemon go came out and they and like kids found like a dead body like that's gonna oh, happen yeah. that's gonna happen again but it's gonna be uh because they were looking for uh, a bog art or something and it's gonna be no great. we're gonna be out there getting into wizarding duels that's right we're gonna be getting wizarded wizarding duels in the street uh I, that's gonna be so weird but to, for now we have harry potter hogwarts mystery which um i'm going to make a very bold claim here i think it looks bad hmm. <laughs> it is that not is bold. it is not a good looking game uh it's going to be a mobile game so you know it's going to be full of microtransaction stuff um and, and great graphics and great graphics and uh, uh you just pick your house you don't um get sorted which i strongly feel goes against the entire uh spirit of harry potter you can't just pick which house you go into. No. Well, Harry kind of gets to. Okay, that's true. Uh, well, not Harry, us. Yeah. Not us common wizards. Yeah, not us non-rich, non-famous wizards. Right. We have to take a uh, uh, personality quiz. Yeah, we have to so, go to Pottermore.com uh, and take a personality quiz and find out if we are uh, Pukwudgies or Ravenclaws. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I will be doing the honorable thing uh, and and doing the house that I have been assigned by Pottermore. That's right. OK, yeah. If you if you if you play this game, you have to do Pottermore first. I, otherwise, you're a fake fan. That's my that's my uh, feeling on this. Um, is this a good should should we uh, disclose our our houses for the listeners? Yeah, I suppose. Well, wait. Maybe we should wait until the the sorting hat chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah, we should keep it uh, keep it a secret yeah. until then. Okay. Yeah, because we it's gonna be a build suspense. Yeah, build some suspense. Give them a hook. Uh, yes. Okay. So when we get to the sorting hat, we will reveal our our one hundred percent canon J.K. Rowling approved uh, uh, houses. Um, speaking of mobile apps, uh, they 
Do you remember the Google Arts and Culture app that everyone downloaded so they could find out what paintings they look like? Oh, yeah, I sure do. The one it gave me was Young Man. <laughs> young Man. And, so, yeah. <laughs> I was not pleased. I was, I was Monk with Book. It was very good. Hmm. Um, but now you can use that app or uh, to explore the Wizarding World of Harry Potter exhibit, which was in some London museum. I don't know. Um, but it had some really good stuff in it, like uh, J.K. Rowling's original notes and sketches for Harry Potter, which includes a beautiful map of Hogwarts that makes oh. it look like... Uh, first of all, it... Um, uh, it said that J.K. Rowling said it was integral to the story. I take issue with this because it depicts the lake being behind the castle, which, as we are going to find out in a couple of chapters, that doesn't make much sense because how would the first years not see the castle until they get to the lake if it's behind the castle? So, J.K.? Mm. They must have came in through the back door. Open invitation. The back gate. If J.K. Rowling would like to come on our podcast and explain how uh, it's integral that the lake be behind the castle and also that the Whomping Willow is like the entirety of the left side of the grounds, uh, hit me up. So I guess we, we don't have a date on this map, right? Because I, I, ref, I refuse to believe that she knew about the Whomping Willow before the second right, book. Right, because it, Whomping Willow only is important in book two, right? Yeah, and, and if, if she's listening to this, which I'm sure she oh, is, yeah. and she wants to come on the show and tell me that's not the case my dms are open jk if you would like to come on the show and explain the map uh the gringotts goblins um whether hagrid joined isis or not after uh the harry potter books really would love (laughs) to have you on um but yeah i it doesn't there's no date on this thing but it does have a very lovely drawing of a giant squid in the lake oh yeah now now that i'm looking at it the squid is um uh, the star of the show for sure. Yes. Well, and maybe also the uh, the the trees in the corner where she drew a few trees and then just put a big circle that said "Forbidden Forest." Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's like I poked through the rest of it, and it's, there's some actually really cool stuff in there. Um, it's just very funny to see uh, any anything that like, and maybe this is just a conspiracy theory of mine. Uh, I'm very wary of anything that purports this idea that jk planned these books out from the beginning and maybe this is something we should disclose here as another part of our like general harry potter uh malaise i do not believe that for one second at all there is no way that these books were planned like more than a book in advance uh and and the um the the whomping willow is only important in book two like this is just like another one of these like no you didn't you didn't you, you didn't plan this to be fair the whomping willow is important because lupin goes under the whomping willow to get to the shrieking shack however That's right, our namesake. you cannot convince me that she thought about that in book two and you can't convince me she knew about the whomping willow when she was writing book one <laughs> These were these were not planned. Yes, absolutely, and that's okay. Yeah, totally, we, but it's is, just not. This is, this is not to rag on the idea that like I, I do not believe that stories need to be planned out one hundred percent before they are written. But I also believe that it is a total lie that she she planned everything from the beginning. We have so many pages to go before we hit this, but like Horcruxes are the biggest piece of proof to me that is such bullshit. You did not plan that out. <laughs> 
between the Horcruxes uh, and the Deathly Hollows and the Time Turner. Yeah, I'm like, ugh. okay, I you're a Time Turner defender. I know. Okay. I am. We'll, we'll, I we'll, am. This is all stuff we'll get to, but I don't know if I'd say defender as much as apologist. Okay. Time Turner apologist. There's a yes. difference. <laughs> okay. Um, but now for a, a, a slightly more local slice of news, um, mm-hmm. we go to Michigan. Uh, this oh. is, this is breaking news from, uh, from the Michigan police department. Uh-oh. Um, earlier this morning, the public safety department received a call from a concerned citizen who reported seeing a Dementor in Smith park. This is particularly concerning oh. because everyone knows muggles can't see Dementors and because, Okay, their Facebook page just crashed. Um, And because our only officer available to perform the Patronus charm is off-duty. Further investigation revealed it to be merely trash, and there is a picture of a garbage bag hanging from a tree. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Please help us keep this city beautiful and help trash find its home. Okay, first question. Yes. Muggles can't see Dementors? I Uh, thought that they were just like... They don't want to see, you know? Yeah, Dudley definitely sees that Dementor that tries to suck his soul out, right? I thought so. Because otherwise... I'm open to being wrong, but I thought that the whole thing is like, muggles are so unimaginative, they just look the other way. Right. Um, There's some good comments here. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's someone who has tagged JK Rowling and says, long shot that you'll see this, but it's amazing. Um, mm. uh, Dana Johnson says, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, uh, Emily says, your social manager, your social media manager needs a raise. Who? Um, okay. I mean, probably? I would agree. I, yeah, probably. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> um, uh, Jillian has the, has the lore master comment here. Uh, since the Dementors are no longer guarding Azkaban under the control of the Ministry of Magic, no one knows where they are. This sighting might only be the first. Please have quantities of chocolate on hand and conduct Patronus training with all due haste. Oh, so this is like a an RP account. An RP, an, yes. An RP news commenting account. Uh, yes. That's <laughs> thank good. Thank you. Uh, Kara Brandemore says, thank you for the laughs. Smiley face. I Yeah, I agree with that. Um huh yeah uh it's uh um you know big big news out there people everyone loves harry potter it's uh, on their minds. i don't think this happened i'm i'm going to say i don't believe this happened i think that uh someone saw a picture of a garbage bag uh and they work for the police department and they thought it was funny that's just my take hmm. um yeah uh but the uh the this local uh michigan uh news website has a great description of dementors are ghost-like hooded figures from the series which can extract the soul from a human and leave them in a cold unresponsive state they are primarily agents of the antagonist voldemort and his followers online potterheads were quick to respond and share the humorous post from the essexville public safety department yeah don't you just love when the police make their funny posts. There's nothing, you know, 
you got to respect the cops and it's so much easier to respect the cops when they are telling funny jokes about They're, books. You yeah. Read. About responding to garbage. <laughs> about responding to a garbage bag hanging from a tree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good stuff. Um, yeah. There's, there's honestly, this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast. There is, I've, I've put a news alert for Harry Potter, like on my phone. And mm-hmm. it's like, Every couple hours, honestly, there is something like this. Like, we will never run out of content. And maybe that's the problem with Harry Potter. It it never ends. It never ends. Please read another book. Please read another book. 